I think we're good. All right. Uh, today, what am I doing here? Good question. Why don't we begin uh, with a word of prayer? Let us pray. Dearly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you uh, for your word this morning, Lord, that through all things uh, you give us uh, the, the, the suffering servant, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the once and for all sacrifice, where all has been finished by his work. Lord, bless us in, in, the, in our study today as we continue to root ourselves in the oneness and the uniqueness of the work of Christ, that through him, Lord, you give us peace and hope and comfort, knowing full well that he has overcome all things for us. Bless us this day. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so Hebrews uh, chapter 10. And I think we're on three and four, almost four, but I'm going to go through three a little bit there for you. But um, again, um, oh, Chris is back. She is. All right. My assumption was absolutely incorrect. Oh, I don't know. The door is stuck, maybe. All right. Well, Chris is here, so that means we start. All right. So uh, Hebrews 10, uh, uh, verse 3 and 4. And here we see, again, if someone could read uh, 3 for me, yet again. But those sacrifices are an annual reminder of sins. All right. Uh, And also verse 4. Because it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. All right, so... Uh, so these sacrifices of blood and goats are a reminder of their sins. Now, again, it, this was a continual repetition work uh, that uh, they would have to do these things uh, in order uh, for them to r- receive uh, that washing away of sins. Now, this was a continual thing, right? Or am I wearing? Oh, I'm wearing the mic. This is a continual thing. And here, uh, as we look at Hebrews uh, 8 8, or also, um, someone could read, um, not 8 8, sorry, 10, 10 18. <clears throat> I don't know why I put Hebrews 10. 10 18, um, or 10, sorry, 10, uh, 10 17. If someone could read that for me, right there. 10 17. Okay, so again, this is, this is the work. Uh, of what our Lord Christ gives to us. Um, why? You know, I know that's obvious for us, but why is this so important to have the clear and all-encompassing work of, of the sacrifice of Christ? What happens when... Oh, Carrie's coming. <laughs> well, we'll start when Carrie comes. All right, <laughs> but uh, I think she's... Yeah, she's, if you could uh, yeah, get a space for her as well. But why, why is this gospel so important in, in, in a sense of the all-atoning work of Christ? Why is this so important to nail down time and time again? Anyone? Well, it's, it's proved that we don't have to do anything Christ has done at all. Yes, that's true. Uh, he does work the forgiveness of sins for us, and he gives us eternal life and salvation all by his death and resurrection, the sacraments, of course. 
uh, uh, giving to us uh, through those <laughs> means of grace. Uh, but uh, when we talk about uh, when we talk about the gospel in itself, what if there was just you know? Oh, I was talking to Emily about this. I think, I think it was Emily. I don't know. I don't remember. But no, yeah. When you see a cup of water, this is not an example because this is brown water called coffee. But um, if you see a cup of water, um, how do you know it's contaminated? Do you know if water is contaminated? When we drink out of the fo- I don't want to scare anyone today. You know, you know, by the way, you know bottled water companies, their regulations, they kind of have their own thing going. Like they, they're on their, their own regulatory measures, which is interesting, not to scare you, but anyways, that's not the point. But the point is, is that when we look at water, how do we know that it's pure or not? How do we know it's pure water or content? Do we know? Like, you kind sometimes you can't even... Oh, there's Don. That's right. There's Don. <laughs> But we'll stop it there because I don't want to scare you anymore. But the point is, is that when we talk about the pure gospel, we know the pure gospel like pure water, but there are times where what happens? Just like water that could be contaminated, what happens to that gospel? We, how is it contaminated, you think? By our own... Interpretation. Uh, okay. In, or by maybe bringing something more to the table that we add in a little bit to that water that's clear and we add our works and okay, it still looks clear, but yet there is still a different additive in there which makes it no longer the gospel. How, how subtle is that Christ alone to even a little, a little bit? Like, well, what's the big deal? We believe in God. We believe in Jesus, but, and I'm like, well, how much does a little leaven leaven the whole... How much is it that changes the gospel um, into something else? Just the, even, even a little speck, right? So we, we look at the Hebrews, and that's what they were facing. Well, that's, I mean, it wasn't a little speck. This was an obvious thing that they were trying to revert back to. But uh, when we talk about the gospel in a nutshell, I know, I know you all hear it all the time. But yet at the same time, when we hear our words, sometimes you'll hear people say, well, so-and-so was a good person. Or so-and-so lived a... They were sweet and, and, and good person. They were charitable. I mean, if, it, if it's not her or him going to heaven, I don't know who else could go, right? Again, in that statement, what am I saying? I mean, again, you know, and we talked about the service, this, the sermon this morning about uh, the Siloam, uh, the slaughter, and all these things. It's like, why, why did it happen to them? Were they worse sinners than us? Again, that really puts the, the, uh, the responsibility, the obligation on us. And, and that's where the gospel changes, right? And, and that's why, you know, um, when we talk about the uniqueness of Christ, uh, so too is this. Now, I know this is a, a tangent here, but for example, um, why are you smiling? Because you're looking at me like, you're about, what if Glenn? You're the new 
No, no, he drives too fast. Um, you know, Ruth would drive slow so our conscience would be riddling us as the law literally would be chasing us in that, in that bank robbery. Glenn would be like, oh, we're already gone? Oh, oh, I guess we have money. Anyways, um, or Scott Free in Bermuda. Anyway. The baby driver. That's another movie. I remember, yeah, I've seen that, I've seen that. Um, but what, you're right. What if Glenn, what if Glenn believed, not what if, no, Glenn believes in the Ten Commandments, right? Yes. <laughs> is it a trick question? <laughs> and what if Cheryl believed in, depending on the day, on a good day, eight commandments? Um, what, what happens to the gospel there? If I, if I say that you are forgiven of your sins and you are forgiven of your sins. What? Is there a difference between 8 and 10? Is, is there a difference between believing in God's word and what it says? Let's say Don only believes in nine and a half of them, but that half, well, that's not relevant anymore. Is this gospel the, is that how it all works with the gospel? No, no right? Um, and, and, and that's the thing, too. You know, I think, just as an aside, I mean, we live in a world right now that they say Jesus forgives us of all our sin, but if we are going to, let's say, a church that does not believe in the totality of the Word of God, where, where, does, that put, where does that put the gospel? Anyone have an answer for me there? It's really a different gospel. It's not what we're saying. Yeah. So I guess my point is that the uniqueness of Christ and his work can be very, what's the word? Uh, it can be twisted and turned to a totally different gospel, right? But the reality of, of it is still Jesus who died for all, no matter who believes what. Yeah. No, that's right. He's the Lord of all, 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 all. That's right. Yeah. So I don't I don't think it's I think it's more humbled that we that we look at the word and say this is this is what my old Adam desires, but this is what the Bible says. And it's actually very humbling that I'm a sinner and I need Jesus. And there's nothing I can say according to his word to, to get around that. And my sin is ever before me as the word of God says. And this is where we are called to repentance, right? It's a very humbling thing to be a Christian because we know that what? That's all about Jesus, right? So very important when it comes to the Word of God, because I, I, I say it all the time, once we depart from the Word, 
what happens to God when we depart from the word? Or twist the word? Or change the word? What's at risk? He diminishes. We increase and he diminishes and it should be the other way. When we don't believe in the word of God for what it is, what God do we start believing in? Right, it could be any, I mean, that's one of the concoctions of libations of our human flesh. But what, what happens? What's at risk? Right? So um, I think it's, it's you know, definitely I, I see where uh, Chris is coming from there. Uh, but I think at the same time, uh, there is a risk when we depart from the word. And that's the humbling fact of it. I think as Christians, we see, we see our sin for what it is. And it's not knowing but rather we see the law and say, wow, I am a beggar and I need Christ, right? There's no way around it, right? And we see sin for what it is. But yet also at the same time, what do we see Christ as? The one who forgives us of all our sins, right? So, uh, you know, I, I think uh, that's, that's very important in this day and age. We know the end times, what's going to happen at the end times as we live it right now. The what kind of years? Very itchy, right? <laughs> Very itchy. Are we living in an itchy ear time right now? Are we? Do people, are people going to the false doctrines and the elemental spirits and the human philosophies of the world? Is that, do you see it? Now, is it, is it uh, discouraging? Is it a bummer? Of course it is. But also it's a sign of what, what right now? It's a sign of the, the end times, right? This is, this is what is to happen. And that is why all we have at the end of the day is the word of God. Like, this is, this is like everything. That's why your Bible at home should be more um, worn than, I don't know what other book you read, but any other book you have, because this is, this is our truth. Once we um, get away from this, uh, we're pretty much... What's the word? Done, right? This is, this is everything to us, right? And that's why we study it. That's why we meditate upon it. That's why we see it for what it is. Because once we start doing the human engineering, like good old Don here, um, <laughs> we know how we can tinker with that Bible. And what happens? We, we make it our own. And once we make the Bible our own, we're making our own gods. We are. And that's why the truth is so important to study, but also to hear and receive. Because this is everything. Um, I don't know what else is, there is in this life, but God and his word. Well, it's, it is my job, but <laughs> to do that very thing, to preach to you guys. But it's just, even for me as a pastor, I, I'm accountable to God. And... Uh, all I have is the word of God. I can't bring anything else. Just the word, right? And this is it right here, right? So anyways, uh, I know that was a kind of a long intro here. Fairly, kind of. But here we see, again, the uniqueness of Christ, right? Uh, and here, uh, the, the blood of goats and bulls, the reminder is they needed to continue to do this, right? Now, what is the difference with Christ? And that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, 
Verse 4, it is impossible for the blood of goats to, uh, and bulls uh, to take away sins. And, and here we see again um, that these are mere shadows. We talked about that last week. Foreshadowing of what is to come in, in uh, Christ and his word as the ultimate sacrifice. Right? So again, um, here we see... Uh, yeah, repetition. Repetition, right, of these sacrifices, showing the, actually the limitation of those sacrifices, and inevitably pointing to Christ alone and the work of Christ and what He has done. Um, Dave, yeah. This verse also points to another way of looking at the sacrificial system of the Old Testament. And also going clear back to Adam and Eve where God killed an animal to clothe them. It's not just annual, but it's a reminder of the consequences of sin mm-hmm. and the price that's going to be paid by Christ eventually. So it all really ties together the Old Testament and the sacrificial law. Yeah, it is the it is the foretelling or the foreshadowing or the fulfillment that is to come in Christ Jesus as the all-atoning sacrifice here, right? So, so again, you know, um, very important to see that distinction in the sense where you are forgiven of your sins. And, and you are. That's bar none, the fact that by the blood of Christ you are forgiven of your sins. Now, what does your human conscience tell us? Well, there must be more. I must do something for that, or I must fulfill a requirement, or as the world does, you know, we must achieve. And uh, here, by the blood of Christ, you are forgiven of all your sins. And that's, that's uh, the uniqueness of what Christ gives. No more repeating. No more repeating. It's done, right? Um, okay, verse, uh, new handout here. Uh, verse 5 to 7, if someone could read that for me. All right. Yeah, you read it all. Good. So, so here we see uh, a reference to Psalm 40, uh, as we see this as a messianic psalm, a psalm uh, pertaining to our Savior. And here we see uh, the writer focusing in upon the body of prepared for me. Uh, this is, uh, again, uh, in the midst of all the sacrifices there Jesus would be, um, as the sacrifice for all the world. This is what was prepared for Jesus to do because, verse 6, burnt offerings, sin offerings, those that they had done in the Old Testament as a mandate, as a command from God, his ordinances, uh, uh, there would be only a limitation to that. Right? This wasn't the end-all, be-all. That's the point. Right? We can't separate what the Old Testament had done as it is the foretelling of what is to come in Christ. The, the reason why there was this issue was because they were... They were just their sole entities, and well, this is good enough, the Old Testament sacrifices, and, and maybe that's good enough, and there's no need for the Christ uh, and, and his sacrifice, um, and, and this is where that limitation hits. 
it's that foreshadowing, the fulfillment of Christ in his work, in his sacrifice, right? And there we see in uh, Psalm 40, and here, as the writer puts it out here, uh, there has to be more, and that is the fulfillment. Then I said, behold, I have come to do your will, O God. What is the will of God? We talked about this last week. It is your salvation, right? Um, wait, did I write something there? No. Um, we <laughs> and that salvation is the perfect sacrifice. What is the perfect sacrifice? What, what denotes a perfect sacrifice? What indicates a perfect sacrifice? Anyone? Without blemish. Without blemish. Good. Done. Anyone else? Such as an A or H? Y? Sinless? We're playing Wordle here. Anyone play Wordle? Oh, Jeff plays Wordle. I know he plays Wordle. He's good at it. He puts it on Facebook every day and look how, how good he did. Um, did you miss it a few times? Oh. The key to Wordle is you try to get as many letters in initially to see if they match or are in the word, and then you go from there. That's what I do. I've only done it a couple times. It gives me a headache. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> it's like, what is it? What is it? Uh, anyways. Uh, but without blemish, holy, sinless, that this is uh, the perfect sacrifice, and that is the will of God. Right? We see right here uh, in verse 7, uh, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written of me in the scroll of the book. So the will of God is essentially the gospel. And in the gospel, what happens? Of course, what? You are forgiven. There's no need for repetition once and for all, right? And the will of God is to do what? To break and crush the devil's head, right? Break the devil. And here it is to give you eternal life. This is the will of God. And that he does uh, through the gift of Christ. And his sacrificial offering of his body and blood. Perfect sacrifice. Perfect means um, what? I need no other. Right? Uh, And and here we see, uh, because it's perfect, um, yeah, you know, it's like cars. I'm not a car guy. Never was. I don't think I ever will be. I drive too slow. Anyways, but... uh, um, (laughs) I mean, there's always an upgrade, right? There's never a perfect car, is there? This is the perfect car that will change your life, Jennifer. And then 2023, this is the perfect life. It has warming seats. Oh, I've never had that yet. But I'm waiting till the day I get warm seats. Um, I still have a CD player in my car, which I wanted. I know these new cars don't have CD players anymore. So anyways, but the point is, it's all about perfection. And everyone's seeking that. But as the new year hits, there's always this repeatable, there's this new perfect computer, new perfect phone, right? Like, Jeff has three, three circle cameras on his phone. Um, I guarantee next year there might be four. Who knows, right? Five, right? Uh, and we're always seeking perfection. But here, it's like, it stops. Just imagine that. If, if, if a store said, this is the model of computer that you need for the rest of your life, how many people would go to an inferior model? Because they want to upgrade every year. <laughs> because they just like to upgrade. What if you had the perfect model computer that would be set 
without any rainbow wheel, my 2010 iMac, I turn it on and it's a rainbow wheeling for like five minutes before it does anything, right? 2010, go figure. But I mean, I, and my wife says, why does it sit in, on your desk when it doesn't work? I'm like, I don't know why it sits there. <laughs> because it's obsolete. Perfect soccer, just think about that. This is what they were facing. Repeat over, repeat over, repeatable, sacrifice, 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 boom, 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 all over. And then the Christ comes and says, one and done, it's all over. Your sins are forgiven. There's no upgrade needed. Uh, this, is, this is the uniqueness of Christ, right? I mean, look at it. We live in, we live in a world that's always about upgrading and repeatable, don't we? I mean, everything. Um, everything is all about upgrades. Uh, we're always trying to upgrade and, and get the perfect thing in our life, but here we see that perfect sacrifice, and, and that is once and for all. Man, if there was a computer company that said once and for all, you can have this computer for the rest of your life and you would need no other, that would be the... Yeah. Everyone would flock there, wouldn't they, Tom? Everyone would flock to that company. And, and even better, right? Once and for all, it's over. Sin's forgiven. This is what Christ has brought to the table for you, right? So anyways, uh, as we see right here, this is the will of God. Verse 8 and 9, if someone could read that for me. Eight and... Oh, yes. Just one thing I wanted to... The verses 5 through 7 strike me in that they're, almost a, they're like a direct discussion between Christ and God and a validation directly with God the Father. It's just interesting to read it that way. The sacrifice and offering you did not desire... Mm -hmm. But a body you prepared for God the Father prepared Christ's body. And with burnt offerings and sin offerings, you were not pleased. But here I am, you know, to be that perfect sacrifice. Just interesting to read it from that perspective. Because he does, he says at the end, I have come to do your will of that. So. It's, it's like a direct validation with the Father of, yes, it was, those. Those human sacrifices weren't good enough. Like a dialogue. Right. Right, exactly. Yeah, so, so in the same way, uh, the Old Testament, what is it about? Anyone? Thank you, Sunday School Answer. That's right. It is. But that's the right answer. It's about Jesus. Because right here we see it. Everything's about Jesus. Right? Uh, and what he has done. And, so, and again, you can't can't have the whole word of God without the Old Testament. That's right. It to be there. It's both, it's right? It's there, I guess. Yeah. So basically, and good, good, uh, good, uh, good words there, Glenn, um, because I think if we just detach the Old Testament from the New Testament, that's what he is saying right here, basically. Those sin offerings, those burnt offerings take no pleasure if it's just a departure from Christ and the fulfillment that is to come, right? Right, and back to your earlier statement about dicing and splitting up the word of God here. You just throw out the Old Testament. It's just another form of us, you know, making it the way we want it to be, right? Where these certain people preach, oh, it's only about the New Testament. Oh, they do that sometimes, do they? Right. Um, yeah, I mean, first gospels in the Old Testament, so uh, that should be telling in itself. Uh, but uh, 
But no, you're right. I think that when it comes to the Word of God and how we ought to trust in it, here, here we see it uh, for itself. Old Testament, New Testament. It's all about, not Carrie, but about Jesus, right? So uh, <laughs> it's all about me. That's right. Uh, no, it's all about Jesus, right? Uh, Sunday school answer, which um, we always laugh about. But honestly, it's pretty much the answer to everything. Anyways, um, eight and nine. Good, 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 uh, good words there, Glenn. Thank you. Eight and nine. So could read that. When he said above you, have neither desired nor taken pleasure in sacrifices and offerings and burnt offerings and sin offerings, these are offered according to the law. Then he added, behold, I've come to do your will, to go away with the first in order to establish the second. All right. Um, yeah. So, so here, uh, the offerings, how, how are they described? They were offered by the... They were offered according to the law, right? Uh, and uh, here, the law, uh, it would only go so far as the new order would uh, do away with the first in order. And that is the will of God. That is the promise of Christ. So everything from the Old Testament to the new is about Christ. Now, what about right now? Where are we at in this story of salvation right now? What are we looking forward to? What is our, the Old Testament has happened, the New Testament has come, but what are we looking forward to here? His final, sorry, his final return, right? And how do we await? By his word and promise of Christ, right? Um, Yeah. The good will of God is beyond my own human comprehension of how profound his grace is, that here he would be the once and for all sacrifice. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, to do the will, right? This body, this incarnation, this death and resurrection, to put away and establish the second once and for all. All right, uh, verse 10, verse 10. And by that will we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. All right. So, so in our sinful nature, um, what do people say about, if you're ridden with guilt, what is the greatest struggle with guilt? Anyone? What is the greatest struggle with our guilt? It's a kind of a, why do we struggle with our guilt? Well, in some ways, you don't know how to free yourself from it. You don't know how to make it right. It's, it's something that's, it's like it's happened. And you can't change that. So guilt is due to our trespass against God and his word right? And you're right. We want to make it right, right? That's why we have, we see our sin and we're like, oh man, that, that, was, a, that was a big one there. We, we have to make this right ourselves. But right here it says what? And by that will, what is the will? We have been made holy, sanctified, right? Uh, when we sing the Sanctus in the liturgy, right? What do we always sing? Holy, 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 right? Why do we say it three times? Anyone know? 
Trinity, right? The name of Christ, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, right? How are we made holy? It says right here, by the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. So, so if Glenn, what if Glenn <laughs> said, Pastor, you know, I don't know. Um, you call us holy, but I'm not so sure of that. What does he mean by that? If he said that, I'm not saying he has said that. Hypothetical, Glenn. Yeah, hypothetical gun will revert slowly back to the back row. But, uh, uh, <laughs> but uh, what, what is really the case if he came up to me and said that would be, let's go over this gospel and see what this Jesus has done for him. Because that is the gift of Christ in, in the once for all sacrifice. Right here it says, we have been sanctified. You are holy. But Kerry might say, well, pastor, <laughs> you, don't, you just don't know me all too well. Have you, do you know my thoughts? And hypothetical Kerry, by the way. Uh, do you know? Oh, Kerry thinks so too. All right, we're bringing it. Very good. <laughs> yes, the mirror, we see the mirror like Nathan and David, right? We see the mirror. Uh, you are this man, and, and we all are, right? Uh, and we know our sin, right? How can you, how are we made holy? And, and there we go to Christ. Uh, you are sanctified by his blood um, alone. Now, as I said earlier, if we start diluting that gospel message, what happens to your sanctification? It becomes all, even a little ounce, you may say, oh, what's the big deal? Innocent little ounce, right? I mean, a little speck here, a little sprinkle there, you know, a little... Octane 92 instead of 87, you know? <laughs> Let's add a little octane into that righteousness. Like, then I'm saying Christ isn't the perfect. Even a little bit, Carrie. No, no, I'm, I mean, just a, a pinch. I mean, isn't it? Oh, I believe in Jesus. Well, I'm just going to, some salt and pepper in there, you know? Um, <laughs> is it different after that? Yeah, yeah and, and that's key. Right? It's only Christ. Uh, and that is why we always preach the gospel, because I, we know our human condition. We know what we're dealing with uh, in our sinful nature, but also we know the devil's accusations. It says, Marjorie, are you sure? Hypothetical Marjorie, or real Marjorie, just like Carrie bringing it to the table here today. Yes, uh, sure. <laughs> uh, the devil accuses us constantly and burdens us with the guilt. And, and how, where do we flee? Of course, to Christ. Because, right here, you have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. This is the statement of assured forgiveness. Assurance, forgiveness, confidence, boldness, certainty. Um, because for the Hebrews, if it's not Christ, it's that repeated sacrifice. And it's a hamster wheel of never-ending wonder whether their sins have been atoned for. Right? The hamster wheel stops. Like that? Have you had a hamster? I've had hamsters in my life, but too many. I forgot to separate them, if you know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> and while I'm like, oh, these pink little things, what are they? <laughs> and then you're like, okay, I'll get another, I'll get another cage. And then you're like, wait, <laughs> another set. Okay, we'll get four. Then you go to the church preschool and say, you want some hamsters? We have too many. Anyways, uh, so, so I don't know why I brought that up. But the hamster wheel, it stops, right? And, and here we see uh, how when Christ came, everything stops. It's finished. 
it's done. No more cycle of repetition, right? And it ties back to the fact that it was God's will. It says, and by that will, the will of God, it's exactly what God wanted. So That's how right. How could you doubt it even more? It was his will that it be this way. Yeah, you know. Even more assurance, right? Like, yeah, yeah, I know you guys were here for the early service, so you know what I'm talking about here. But, like, even in the midst of suffering, there is suffering. We, we face it. Just because you believe in God doesn't mean that you don't, you're not going to face suffering, right? Do you, do you all agree with that? Yeah. Do we? Do we? Yeah. All right, good. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we face that. St. Paul was, like, first and foremost the one who suffered, right? Uh, but even in the midst of suffering, what is this once and for all? How does that connect? How does, in the midst of suffering, how does this once and for all suffering of Christ, how does that apply to you in the midst of all that you're going through, whether it's physically, spiritually, internally, externally? What is it about this gospel that gives you great peace, even in the midst of all the puzzle pieces that say all over the place? I know where it's going to end. That's right. Not only that, but during the sermon, I couldn't help but think back to um, the epistle reading where it had the phrase about that no matter what you're going through, that God is going to give you mm-hmm. the strength and the tools and, and that um, he will always provide a way. Beyond and, your ability, not and, tempt beyond your ability, yeah, right? Yeah. And, and so clinging to that, knowing that no matter what we're going through, God's there with us and has already gone through more than we will ever go through. That passage is one that's always bothered me when I've heard it from other people because it, God will never yes. tempt you beyond what you can handle. Right. And it stops right there. And they don't pick up the second part of that, which is he will provide you with a way out. Mm-hmm. Well, I, think, I think the words that were used uh, this morning were an escape. Mm-hmm. And that's the real key to that passage. It's not that you're going to handle it, but God is going to provide a way for you to get out of that problem. Yeah, so when we say in the Lord's Prayer, what are the two petitions? Lead us not into... But... That's right. Deliverance, right? Exactly. Good. Well, even God didn't allow His own Son to avoid the suffering. He had to go through it. Think about that. Um, wow, profound. Um, okay, so uh, we're on verse 10, right? Yes, okay. So <laughs> uh, here we see in, in the Bible, uh, I just wrote, typed them out for you. Uh, this is John, uh, Jesus' high priestly prayer, John seventeen seventeen. Sanctify them in your truth. Your word is truth. First uh, Thessalonians 4, this is the will of God, your sanctification. So again, How are we sanctified? How are we made holy? Jesus prays, sanctify them in the truth. truth. What does the truth do, Don? It sets us free. 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 We could do this all day. (laughs) And uh, uh, that's what the word does. It sets us free, right? The word is Christ. The truth is you are saved from your sin and you are made holy. Does that mean you're not a sinner? You are a sinner. Sorry to break it to you. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing about that. This is, it's very sorrowful that we're sinners. But yet at the same time, he doesn't leave you there and say, well, you figure this out for yourself. I give you Christ, the suffering servant. 
right? That's right. Similarly, that's, that's right. Uh, but again, every time we suffer and we see the things that are going on in this world, what, what does that always remind us of? Where do we always flee in those times of suffering? We always flee back to Christ. There's something about that that shapes us. Uh, we, we learned about it in, uh, I think, in the book of Ezekiel this morning, um, just about how uh, we could definitely, th- th- there are those examples to which, just like Salome, just like there are always reminders and markers of how this world is, and at the same time, in the midst of suffering, how there is, as Glenn said, the suffering of Christ. And that's the life of faith. It's all going back to the Christ and what he has done for us in his suffering <laughs> for the forgiveness of our sins. I love kids, kids sounds. They're so great. Um, all right. Uh, why don't we stop there? I know it's already time. Uh, keep this paper if you can. Next week we'll go on from verse 11. Why don't we uh, close with a word of prayer? Let us pray. Dearly Father, we thank you for this day. Uh, we thank you for your once and for all sacrifice that through your word of the gospel, through your finishing work, Lord, you have set the way, the truth, and the life for us. Thank you, O Lord, for your grace, that in the midst of our sin, you cover us by your blood and your suffering. Thank you, O Lord, for your continued mercy, as you, through your patience, give to us the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Bless us this day, sanctify us in your truth, and through your truth, O Lord, grant us your peace. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Bible study presentation from Faith Lutheran Church in Moore Park, California. For more information, visit us on the web at faithmoorpark.com.